What's up, y'all? Tyler O coming at you with my week two running back ranks. Mine, along with the rest of JWB's weekly ranks, can be found in the description below. Starting these ranks off with some transparency, like I'm going to do every single week. My week one ranks cumulatively came at 50, 50th overall out of 204 top 25% rankers. Not great, but still good enough to hang my hat on. My RB ranks, though, last week finished as the 24th overall out of 204, good for top 12%. I'm recording this on a Friday, so things are subject to change as I continue to iron out my process going into the weekend. My ranks will always be updated a few hours before game time. Enough the fluff, enough the intro. Welcome, you're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. Let's jump in. Here are my top 24 running backs for week one. Kicking us off at 24 is going to be Najee Harris. Feels like he's just going to be in this range all year. His absolute bell cow status is certainly getting cut into by Jalen Warren, but he still saw a 50% snap share with eight touches in week one. Um, considering how little the Steelers did in this game and how little they like, actually run the ball, this was actually a pretty good piece of the pie when I say he had eight touches. Um, this is looking kind of more of like a 60-40 split in favor of Najee. The volume is good enough to keep him in your lineups, but any hope of Najee being a top 12 back in RB1 is pretty much all but gone. It's not exciting, but you start him because he's getting the looks and the work. Number 23 is going to be Raheem Mostert. Mostert's knee that had him sit Wednesday was simply a veteran rest day, which frankly, you'll love to see it considering Mostert's injury history. Um... What we love to see in week one was Mostert clearing a 70% snap share and routes run rate. What does that mean? 70% of the time he's getting those snaps as a running back. And every single drop back, 70% of the time he's running routes and not blocking. Dolphins are going to be throwing a lot this year. Um, but the RBs are likely going to be an afterthought. This kind of reflects the 23 rank here. Um, but Mostert's still the clear lead back right now in an elite offense. So he's a pretty easy start moving forward. I wouldn't be shocked to see a chain start to mix in a little bit. We saw some Selvin Ahmed a little bit last week. Um, the matchup versus the Pats is not as juicy as the Chargers. And this is kind of reflected in his 23 rank overall. Number 22 is going to be Jamal Williams. This one felt a little gross to put him up this high, but I'm trusting the process here. Kamara is still suspended, and I'm unsure of what Kendra's role is going to be and if he even plays. I'm kind of leaning towards Kendra playing here, but still, he's he's fresh coming off of a hamstring injury. Uh, this could very well be Jamal Williams' last usable week if Kendra plays, um, and I'm not quite sure here um, that uh, Jamal Williams is going to be able to hold off a healthy Kendra Miller, as I just expect Kendra to have a bit more juice than what Jamal Williams has, as we saw about a th three yards per carry average on Jamal last week, which frankly isn't a shock if you've watched in his last couple of years. Um, I do expect Jamal, again, to be the lead back in this one in week two. Um, once again, it, it's a softer matchup here for Jamal Williams uh, versus the Panthers. It's an unexciting volume play. Um, the real appeal here is that you could simply do much worse than Jamal Williams. Number 21 is going to be Damian Pierce. End of the day, Singletary was splitting reps with Pierce, eating into his early down work. Um, even Mike Boone played some, uh, and he was eating into Pierce's third down work. Um, there's some real concern here with Pierce um, for the workload and what appears to be on a bad offense. I really think he could finish well below 21 in this one, but I do have, um, you know, 
some optimism because I do think Pierce is a talented back. My my rank 21 here on Pierce is six spots below consensus. Um, I'm a little bit concerned of dropping him below, more than six spots below consensus because, frankly, I'm not the kind of guy who bats 100% every single time. But um, I think he could very well finish below 21 this week. But I, I want to stay below the consensus rankings here on Damian Pierce. It just appears to be a split backfield on a bad offense. And that, folks, is just not something that we want to be chasing. Um, number 20 is Alexander Madison, absolute L here. Um, but I was below consensus to be, you know, to give myself a little bit of pat on the back here. Um, I doubt Madison comes back into the top 24 ever again. It's time for the Vikings to try Ty Chandler because Madison is simply not it. Number 19 is Joshua Kelly. Eckler is doubtful. This rank obviously reflects Eckler being out this week. Um, last week, Kelly went 19 for 61 and one with Eckler on the field. I wouldn't be surprised to see Joshua Kelly climb a little bit higher up the ranks as we get closer to Sunday. But again, um, Kelly looked great in the preseason and he looked great in week one. So there's really no reason to think he's not going to look great in week two. And now he gets a shot at being a lead back. Um, you need to find a way to get Joshua Kelly into your lineup, folks. This is kind of like a good tier split, I guess you could think about it, as I'm now excited about running backs, at least to some extent, in this range. Um, Titans defense is stingy, um, you know, as we kind of saw with Jamal Williams last week, but there's so much more threat through the air from the Chargers that I expect the boxes to be relatively light and Kelly to be pretty good in this one. Again, he's a 19. Um, I could see him move up a couple spots. 18 is going to be Jameer Gibbs, a more realistic rank for Gibbs. Um, I do find myself four spots below consensus, but I really don't expect the Lions to simply start giving him more work um, after just week one. The Lions showed us they want to, uh, what they want to do with this RB room in week one. Um, and while I do expect Gibbs to ascend, I'm sure he will ascend. I think the climb and opportunities for Gibbs is more gradual than what other folks think. Lions find themselves as four and a half point favorites in this one. And it really profiles as more of a Montgomery game this week um, as the Seahawks run defense is bad. Gibbs, like, he's got the juice to take, you know, one to the house, run, you know, run like a long pass or a long run into the end zone. Uh, but after looking at the week one usage and considering the matchup, um, I'm just leaning towards Montgomery more in this one. But again, the upside is there as he's still an RB2. RB17 is Miles Sanders. We saw a decent amount of Chuba Hubbard last week. But Sanders' role was strong, sporting over a 55% snap share, and he seems to be uh, the preferred option for those kind of high-value touches, those being touches near the end zone and through the air. Um, Miles also doubled Hubbard's touches in, in week one, something to think about. Um, my bet is Sanders gets the nod over Hubbard in the passing game and around the end zone going forward. Sanders is poised to be an RB2 all season. This is kind of the range I expect him to be for most of the season, this kind of like dead center RB2. I'm not really worried about the Saints run defense so much in this one. RB17 for Sanders feels about right. You're starting him. RB16 is Rashad White. Didn't love where he landed as he had a pretty awful week last week. Um, in fact, he had 38 rush yards below expectation. But what I can't ignore is a 75% snap share and him running routes north of 50%. So again, what does that mean? It means every single time that they drop back, he's running routes at over half the time, over 50%. They're all strong. And he simply cannot be as bad as last week, right? Um, I'm in line with consensus here. I don't want to be too high or too low above consensus with Rashad White. This is right where I want to kind of keep a player here at 16, like Rashad White. 15 is going to be James Conner. This comes down to two things for me. One, I think the Giants' run defense is among one of the worst in the NFL, and James Conner continues to be an absolute workhorse on the ground and through the air. 
Um, this is just optimal. He just uh, has optimal usage is, is the best way to, you know, really talk about James Conner. 82% RB snap share. I mean, he had 79% of the RB touches. Um, there's like Keontae Ingram is, is not even, he's a handcuff, but like on this offense, it's really not that exciting. But like, this is James Conner's backfield. It's It's been James Conner's backfield and then continues to be James Conner's backfield. And then what really excites me about him is the five targets. He caught all five of them. It's a thing of beauty. Um, you know, you plug in an 80% snap share for running back and five targets on almost any starting running back and they're going to be in the top 15 he just landed the top 15 at 15 because the cardinals are that bad they're just awful the this is the volume play connor's usage is elite i'm ahead of consensus here but connor is healthy he's the guy i'm going to continue to ride him number 14 is going to be aj dillon obviously this is assuming aaron jones misses this week as they did not practice all week during a hamstring injury there's a very there's possibly a very large workload in store for Dylan in this one against the Falcons defense that doesn't really scare me away. The Falcons defense did not look good uh, against Carolina in week one. Uh, they gave up 167 yards and just about five yards per carry to the Panthers backs. There could be a situation where AJ Dylan really eats in this one. Falcons are just a one point favorite. So I expect this game to be close. Um, and the end of the day, the only person that can really take work away from Dylan is an undrafted rookie named Emmanuel Wilson. You know, there's always concern uh, with the lack of pass game usage uh, historically for A.J. Dillon, but I like A.J. Dillon to get a touchdown in this one. A.J. Dillon sits at RB14. RB13 is Ramondre Stevenson. The 46.5 point in play total here should give us some solid fantasy points in this game. And the Pats are only three-point dogs. Stevenson has a much softer matchup in this one as the Dolphins' defense is much less scary than the Eagles'. Um, the projections are pumping out about 15 rushes, 70 yards, and another three catches for 25 yards for Ramondre. Um, I'm not counting on Zeke to see that kind of opportunity through the air as he did in week one. Um, as if you did not see, Zeke was getting a lot of work through the air. I, I think that's going to be a fluke and more is going to come Ramondre's way. Ramondre cleared a 70% snap share and ran routes at almost a 60% clip. Um, the underlying metrics for Ramondre in week one were great. They were promising. I'm expecting a bit of a bounce back Ramondre Stevenson. RB13, jumping in to the top 12, halfway done. Folks, at 12, we have Kenneth Walker. He comes in at 12, as expected. As I've said for months, Charbonnet is a non-factor and simply a handcuff for Walker. Walker dominated the RB snap share. More importantly, as noted, we saw Walker um, actually running routes, which was not something that I did expect. So he's getting the work on the ground, but he's also running more routes than I expected to see. Um, and the end of the day, Walker's simply just the best back on this team, and the Seahawks know it. That's about time you knew it. Walker is the lead back in a game with a 47-point implied total. Lions run defense looked good versus the Chiefs, but Walker's also way more talented than anything that the Chiefs are rolling out. Um, RB11 here, this was, uh, you know, no joke, uh, shocked me after kind of the outputs popped into the sheets. Uh, but frankly, this is, this is James Cook. James Cook sits at 11. And we simply can't ignore James Cook's role last week. Cook dominated the backfield opportunities and saw six targets, which is pretty amazing for a running back. I don't think Cook is ever going to be a guy that sees 18 to 20 touches on the ground, but he clearly has a role in the pass game, and we love that for fantasy football. I don't have much faith in the Raiders' defense in this one, and I find myself pretty bullish on Cook in Week 2. Make no mistake, the jury is still out on James Cook. Uh, the range of outcomes in which he finishes is quite wide. He's a guy that I could move down as I continue my process through the weekend, but here we are. James Cook is 11 on my Friday night. RB10, 
David Montgomery. I hinted at this earlier when I was talking about Gibbs, but the Lions could very well just pound the rock in a very fantasy-friendly environment where they're favored. Um, like James Cook, this is a guy who could easily drop a handful of spots as I continue my projection and ranking process into the weekend. But he had 20 touches last week. The Lions identity is pounding the rock. Um, Montgomery comes up pretty favorably this week, sitting at RB10. RB9 is Bijan Robinson. Bijan is elite and looked elite last week. The Falcons are going to run the ball more than any team this season. Um, Bijan is going to continue to ramp up the volume as we move forward. Algier is going to be a factor all season long, but Bijan is going to get more touches on the ground um, and already has the RB pass work locked up. Bijan's 77% route run rate is frankly amazing to see, much like James Cook. Um, when we see a running back that involved in the pass game, it's amazing. He's clearly viewed as the passing weapon right now in terms of the running back rooms. Um, but again, that that's simply good. That's a good thing. All he has to do is get a little bit more work on the ground, take a little bit more on the ground from Algier. And I think that's more than possible. Bijan is RB9. Number eight, Travis Etienne. Etienne dominated the workload as a Belka RB last week and looked really good doing it. He settled right around 80% snap share and routes run. The concern was Bigsby coming in and taking some work, uh, passing work away from Etienne. Um, this simply just did not happen. It seems like Bigsby may steal some goal line work as there were some, um, Bigsby was coming in as they were close to the goal line, but considering how much run Etienne is getting and how he's the favorite pass catching back right now, um, there's just simply no split here and the Jags deploy a pretty elite offense. The Chiefs Jags game has a 51 point implied total. So there's a lot of meat on the bone for fantasy football in this one. We watched the Chiefs get eat up by the Lions run game last week. Etienne is a bell cow, an elite offense. Etienne is poised to be a top 12 back rest of season. Seven is Joe Mixon. Um, shit week for the Bengals last week, um, which meant a pretty shitty week for all of the Bengals' weapons. But Mixon was a clear lead guy, as expected. Five targets, near 50% route rate, which were signs of great things to come. Bengals have another rough matchup this week, but you got to expect them to bounce back a bit. Um, there are 23 available RB opportunities in this game in week one. Sorry, there are 23 available RB opportunities in week one for the Bengals, and Mixon got 18 of them. I don't see any reason why this would change. Mixon is an RB1. RB6. Josh Jacobs, he's in a smash spot this week, much like Mixon. Um, what we saw last year with Jacobs, what we saw with Mixon is that Jacobs is a bell cow, right? Um, seeing 19 carries, still seeing some work through the air. He was the clear option near the, the end zone. It's just Josh Jacobs is the dude here. Don't overthink this one. Last week was a bad join for the Raiders, but as a whole, Jacobs is him. The Bills are susceptible versus the run, and we've seen Jacobs punish the Bills before. I'm two spots ahead of consensus right now with Jacobs at six, and I wouldn't bulk at the idea of moving Jacobs as high as four as we continue the process into the weekend. RB5, Tony Pollard. Cowboys defense looks elite, um, and they get a feast on Zach Wilson and the Jets this week. The only real concern here, like last week, is that Pollard gets pulled because the game is out of hand. But if it gets out of hand, it is likely because of the things Pollard did. Pollard dominated the looks in this game. Even after getting pulled, he's their guy. Um, between the 20s, through the air, near the end zone, Pollard's their guy. The usage ceiling is, is like the usage ceiling is elite here. For those who drafted Pollard at the one-two turn, looks like they're going to be rewarded this season. RB4 is Saquon. I feel like this is the range where we just say like this RB, like XRB, this RB dominated the backfield. And this is exactly what Saquon did as expected. 
the Giants have a dream bounce back spot as they go from the menacing Cowboys defense to the flaccid Cardinals. Giants are favored to win by a touchdown in this one, setting up a great week for not only the Giants, but Saquon Barkley. RB3, Derrick Henry. King Henry seeded some work to Tajay Spears last week. Honestly, I um, think it's probably a good thing long-term to just give Henry a little bit of a break. Um, Henry detractors will probably point to Spears out-snapping Henry, but the real story is that Henry out-touched Spears 17-4. to um, When Henry's out there, he's likely getting the ball as it should be. Spears is definitely high in handcuff, but Henry looked like his old self. He just needs a little bit more help from the rest of the team sustaining drives. RB3, Derrick Henry, no surprise here. Um, rounding things out here, Nick Chubb, RB2. Chubb went 18 and 106 and even saw four catches. This is good, folks. Steelers defense is good, but Chubb's role is better. Don't need to draw this one out. It's going to be a lot of the same things I've said. Chubb is the bell cow here. He's really good at football. He's the RB2. And then closing this out here, number one, once again, is Christian McCaffrey, CMC. CMC crushed in his running routes at almost an 80% clip. He is, run, he is not only is he getting an elite um, amount of touches on the ground, he's also running a lot of routes during the past game on dropbacks. He's just a bell cow in every way that we want to see. Showed the breakaway speed on a long touchdown. It's CMC. I don't need to add any notes on that. CMC is the RB1. That does it for my RB ranks week two, top 24. Please be sure to check out the description for all of our other ranks again. These ranks will undoubtedly be updated, changed just a bit. I'm tirelessly working on my ranks two hours before the game time, so be sure to check back for updates. Also, feel free to check out the JWB Discord if you want to connect. Follow me on Twitter, at FFTylero. And uh, we'll try to get you as much help as possible so you can win your weeks and win your leagues. Run pure, my friends.